0: Tell you about my best friend. A brand new season of Icy Takes. It's Jeff over there. It's Dave on this side. Jeff, we've gone through two seasons so far. And believe it or not, I think the weather is starting to get a little colder outside. What do you think?
1: Yeah, it is. It's starting to get a little chilly. That means
0: pucks are going to be
1: dropping and uh, MLB playoffs coming around the corner. Season three is going to be fantastic.
0: It, no, it it, it it has to be, and you said it right there with the puck dropping and the playoffs coming around. I can't wait to be outside in a jacket and a nice pair of jeans and just start in really enjoying the the outdoors because sometimes it gets a little too muggy for me out there with this with this dog heat and it drags me down a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of funny because we'll get into the dog days of winter as we're in the dog days of summer, I guess right now. and we're gonna say it's too cold we can't do anything we can't record outside anymore and we're ready for summer and then we just continue the cycle over and over and over again
0: it's a vicious cycle but i think it's 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 a fun cycle keeps me going it is
1: it truly is
0: so uh in true in true form keeping up with the spirit of our our weekly tradition of doing this how was your week Oh, not too
1: bad, not too bad. I took in a uh, a pirate game over the weekend. They put up two touchdowns on the Reds, which was pretty cool. So
0: I heard they missed um, one of the extra points. Did, no, 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 no. No, no
1: they, they, they they got both. They didn't have Boswell kicking.
0: Ah, geez. Ah, geez. He's gonna be better this year. You watch.
1: I I hope he is. I hope he is. I, I you you know me that I've turned the corner on the Steelers, and now that they're likable again, makes me want to root for them even more.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I'll accept anybody coming back into the the light side of of Steelers football when it comes to the NFL. But Jeff, let's get into uh, what what we talk about. Um, really, nothing. Really, still nothing going on in hockey. Uh, the closer we get to training camp, uh, the closer that we'll be uh, attacking that sport more. So let's start with baseball. How about it? Yeah, let's get going. And let's get into it. So, Jeff, I believe the first thing that we agreed to talk about was your boys in the NL East, but not the Braves, but uh, another team that you just love to trash on. Absolutely. Yes.
1: Yes. Uh, Obviously, like what Dave said, we can't talk about the Atlanta Braves because really there's no issues. Everything's all hunky-dory in the Peach State right now. So let's come on back up to the Keystone State on the eastern side of the state, the Philadelphia Phillies. Dave, 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 Dave. What the hell happened to the team that was going to be a guaranteed World Series pick this year? Um, Spending all the money in the world. They put up a ton of runs on my Atlanta Braves on the first series of the year. And they find themselves entering today at 67 and 62. Third place in the National League East. They're 11 and a half behind the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Dave, what has happened to this team are, are, are they a bust? Do you see this being a long-term thing? What what have you noticed with the Phillies that has just been mind-boggling for you?
0: So I don't think that they are – This is I don't think this is a long-term issue, I guess, is what I was trying to say there. But I think of this as sort of like <sighs> the beginnings of seeing the cracks in what we thought was filled by adding – all these players, there's still some openings that need to be sealed shut on this team for it to be moving forward and to be a playoff team and to be a contending team in the national league and win it each year. So I think with all the additions that they made might've also hurt them at the same time with the, basically the, I wouldn't say the exclusivity of what they added, but when you get guys, like Harper, the most coveted free agent, and you also get the most coveted catcher in JT Romuto. You swing deals for Gene Segura, Andrew McCutcheon, and all these other players, and all of a sudden, you start to have a different, a whole different team, especially in the batting lineup. They didn't really do much of their pitching. They, they signed Aaron Nola to, a, I mean, I think a freakish deal for year, 48 for him to be that low. I think it's a little ridiculous, but Philly's Phillies won that battle there. But I think maybe it was too many changes too quickly, and it's starting to show. I mean, there are some games where they're they're not even putting up over two or three runs in, in a game, and some of these games when they do get 10 runs, their pitching is not helping them out at all, and they're still losing. Um, the one thing I did want to point out, and then I'll, I'll let you have your piece, is their record against the Miami Marlins. Everyone knew going into this season that they were going to be the worst team in the national league. The pirates were flirting with them, but I still think the Marlins have it, have it, uh, shut down. But, um, overall their, their record, the Phillies record against the Miami Marlins this year is seven and nine in their 16 games. They have a losing record against the worst team, not only in their division, but in the national league. They this past weekend, we we were talking about it like this is a time for the Phillies to basically get their sea legs back and show everyone that you can make a run for it and get three easy wins against the Marlins. Jeff, you don't do that when you score 11 runs in the first game and still lose by eight 19 to 11 was the final in the game Friday. They win the next game nine to three, but then they're going to go ahead and lose a one run game three to two to the boys down in South Florida. So I think there's way too many uh, cracks that thought, that the team thought they filled but were just still there. Or maybe it was just too much change too quickly, one or the other. But one of these things uh, has has shown all season long after the first series against Atlanta, and they are you know, underachieving this year.
1: Yeah, and I mean, we looked before the show, we looked at some of the stats as as a team and their win-loss splits and everything like that, and you made the comment of, you know, they they started out well, and then once we kind of, you know, took the cover off the book, per se, and and dug a little bit deeper, this team, I mean, they, they had one month of which they played like a full month of baseball that they were... Well over five hundred, and that was May when they went seventeen and eleven. They were six games above five hundred, but if you you look at their their April, even when people were saying that this is you know this is your guaranteed World Series pick, they were only thirteen and thirteen. They're they're very vulnerable. Um, you know, July they went twelve and eleven. Right now in August they're playing five hundred ball. I just think this is a very average team. Um, I don't know if necessarily the even if Andrew McCutcheon is in this lineup, if he even helps them, because a lot of people will say will come come with that right back at me and say, you know, well, you know, Andrew McCutcheon's not leading off for those guys. Well, you know, are are they getting enough pitching? I mean, they got Aaron Nola, but after that, you know, Jake Arrieta's been hurt. Um, they haven't really gotten the pitching that they need. Um, like you said, the the big thing there is the Miami Mar- uh, Marlins record when they're, when they're playing those seven and nine, they've given up 88 runs, uh, 84 runs and scored 88. Um, and comparison, if you look at the Atlanta Braves splits who are first in the, in the national league East, Atlanta's 15 and four and they they're scoring 87 runs and only given up eight uh, 54 to, to the Marlins. So that's really the difference right there is that um, they're not taking advantage of teams that, that they need to beat. and, when you don't do that, that's how you find yourself in the hole that the Phillies are in right now, and they should be very thankful that the National League wildcard is so close and uh, they're only a game back because if, if it's not as close as what it is, I think they're well out of a playoff spot, and a lot of questions are being asked in Philadelphia.
0: Losing record on the road at 29-34. and 34. Jeff, what was the record for the Braves against the Marlins this year? What was that number? Fifteen and four. That's a okay. seven eighty
1: nine one percentage against the Miami Marlins.
0: Okay, so out of nineteen games, I think the Phillies have one more series against the Marlins because I know you you play a bunch of games against your your own division. But uh, what I'm trying to think of here is the the hypothetical right now of if if this team were to uh, have match the Braves record. And let's say they have another series against them. So we're at 19 games. Let's just say the Phillies went 15-4 and against the Marlins as well. You're adding eight more wins to this team and subtracting four. And all of a sudden, you are right there in contention for the division. You're only five games back at that point with the same record against that losing team. And that's why this is so mind boggling that they're losing to teams that they should absolutely be, you know, stomping on. So, I mean, they won two games against Boston. It's the only two games that they played against them so far, but you need to beat the teams that are worse than you. And you need to split or get one more on top of the teams that are right there with you. And Billy's not doing either of them. I think they they there's, they're even doing less against the teams that are worse than them. Here, here's another
1: mind-boggling stat right now. Uh, against Atlanta, they're six and six. Against the Chicago Cubs, they're five and two. Against the Mets, they're nine and four. I mean, the Nationals are five and nine against. But I mean, for the most part, against teams that are that are contending teams and are in playoff races, they've done very well. It's the fact that they're not cleaning up against the teams that they should be beating. And um, that's that's got to be a concern for the front office of Philadelphia, because in order to win that National League East, you have to beat up on teams like the uh, like the Marlins. And then when you get into the central, like the Pirates, the Reds, you you have to beat those bottom dwellers if you want to compete in the National League East, because you have to figure that everybody else is going to just start canceling themselves out. I mean, being six and six against Atlanta, I think everybody in Philadelphia would sign off on that. Right, and then just just pick on the Marlins and you know do what you got to do against the Mets I mean being nine and four against the Mets um, I don't know if they caught most of those games earlier in, in the year when the Mets are struggling but um, you got you got to wonder what the front office in Philadelphia is thinking
0: yeah I mean most the first six games were in April and the Phillies only took three of them from April 24th they didn't play for another two months against the the Mets. But they they strung off, I believe, it looked like six wins in a row there. Um, so, I, I mean, the Phillies kind of caught the Mets right before the Mets got hot because it was late June. So, you don't really want to say that they're loaded wins, but they're a win's a win's a win. and I I, I believe that in the fullest. I mean, the worst that they've done against a team besides the Marlins is the Dodgers. And, you no, know, I'm not surprised by that just because of how consistent the Dodgers have been um and i want to ask you one one more thing before we wrap this up with big additions and i'll include this for both both sports that we that we cover uh with baseball and hockey when you get that that coveted guy the, the one that everyone else wants that you're looking to build long term off of and it's kind of a 2 part question. Do you get worried the first year when it doesn't work out right away? And two, do you think that the media might overhype these teams based off the addition of one player?
1: I don't I don't know if you necessarily get worried on the, the first year. Um I think if you look at that individual's stat line, like I, I I'm sure Bryce Harper is getting a little bit of flack from the um, from the Philadelphia media just based off of how the Philadelphia media is. But um, if by any means somebody would say, you know, well, maybe getting Bryce Harper was a mistake. Nobody's going to say that at the end of the day. Um, you know, he's kind of right where he was last year all over again. Uh, he's at 254. He's driven in 92. Um, you know, he's getting his walks with 85. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it – if I'm ready to call it a bust, but um, I think if this prolongs to a three or four year issue where they're not able to beat teams like the Marlins and in Atlanta runs away with the division and either the Phillies don't get a wild card or they're not even contending for the division when it comes to late August and September in the future. Um, I think that's when the the cause for concern is, but I think they just need to kind of take a deep breath and kind of, Um, maybe revamp some pitching and they should be right back in it.
0: Do you think the Phillies get the win tonight against the Buccos? Um, It's at home and Jason Vargas is looking for his first win as a Philly.
1: I'm going to say no. I'll put faith in your Pirates.
0: Oh my God. Oh my God. No, I, I got the Phillies winning at least three this series. I know the Pirates just swept the Reds, but Watch out for this series; it's going to be painful.
1: Really, you, you, you. After what you saw over the weekend, and with, the, I mean, Jason Vargas is not a good pitcher. Let's not kid ourselves here.
0: I oh, know. I'm not. I'm not saying Jason Vargas is the greatest pitcher on the world. I'm just saying, watch how this series unfolds. Okay. All right. Maybe I'll put team. that
1: game on tonight because my braids just got walked off about two minutes ago. So.
0: Oh no. They tied it up, and they couldn't hold on to it.
1: Nope, nope. They, they, were, they were holding on, and Anthony Suarez has been struggling the last couple of days, so I wouldn't be shocked if he gets a couple of days off.
0: Okay, so we'll get back to the Phillies later on um, with a collection of other teams in the wild card mix. Jeff, what's up next? Players
1: weekend. It was players weekend over the course of Major League Baseball. Uh, it's the weekend in which players can be creative with their cleats, uh, their batting gloves, their their nicknames on the back of their jerseys. Um, they added belts this year, which I thought was kind of weird. Um, but, Dave, what do you think of Players Weekend? I, I mean, me personally, I, I like it. I like seeing what these guys come up with. Um, uh, Josh Donaldson did, like, a custom bat where it had raindrops and lightning on it and had bringer of rain on it. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I think I read... Last week, too, Aaron Judge sent the cleats that he was going to wear to Williamsport, and all the kids in the Little League World Series signed them, so he wore those. Um, what did you think of Players' Weekend? Do you still like it? I, I've seen people that have said, uh, you know, maybe it's lost its lust. Um, so what do you think, Dave?
0: Well, I think the only way it would lose its lust is if it's been around for years and years and years and was highly coveted every single year, where this was kind of a test last year, and they brought it back in this year. So it was a mixed bag because of one glaring issue, and that was just the jerseys. The uniform that they had to wear that wasn't their cleats or batting gloves or anything was just the... The jersey and the pants for both teams I thought was just awful. It was just screaming that you're watching baseball from the 1950s. And I don't think viewers want that. I think they they still want color in there because you still get the uh, expression from the players doing whatever they want to. Like you said, Josh Donaldson with the bat, which was awesome. And I think – to improve upon that would be there shouldn't even be a dress code. Um, as long as, long as like you, you have, you know, a top on and bottom on and pants, I, cause it's sliding in that infield dirt Dirt can be pretty rough. I, I know from beer league softball, trust me, it's the same surface. <laughs> um, uh, I, I think there could be more expression in it and you're, and you still kind of restrain it from there where, I mean, Jeff, nobody has to wear the same clothes in baseball to differentiate who's on what team, right?
1: Right, right. I mean, I I I agree with you with the jerseys. I thought last year was better, where the you still could tell, like, okay, the Pittsburgh Pirates are currently playing right now. Like, I know who's playing. Like, I almost sent you a a a picture message, and God, dating myself there, picture message. Who the hell says that anymore? but I almost sent you a picture of Jacob DeGrom who is wearing all white and then his hat's black. And I almost sent you a picture like, look, DeGrom even wants to play for the Braves because our jerseys are black and his hat's black.
0: Well, you know? I, and I could be wrong, but I think it's because all pitchers on the road who were wearing the white jersey had to wear black so that when releasing the ball, it didn't blend in with the hat.
1: Yeah, yeah that makes, makes sense. But like when I, when I was going to send you that picture – it, it it was before anybody had said anything that it was just you know Degrom's wearing white and Freddie Freeman's wearing black. Okay, Freddie Freeman plays for the Atlanta Braves, but why the hell is is Jacob Degrom wearing a black hat? Like you know what I mean? Right. Like at least last year, like you had you had like black jerseys with I think they're gray pants, but like they like they were still the team team's color and concept. Like I thought we were watching a game back in like nineteen. Ought six for God's sakes, you know. Like there was no like design, there was nothing to go with it. It ju- it just like didn't make sense. And sure. I, I it, and I guess the reason for the black and the white was to have guys that have gear that pop out, like their their customized gear was supposed to pop out. And I mean, Freddie Freeman was wearing all black. Like he like like, what's the point then? At that point, just give them just give them red and blue, and you know, let's keep it moving here.
0: So I basically were on the same track where the, it was mainly it was mainly the jerseys that detracted a lot of people and I think that's where the over exaggeration of did this did you know players weekend lose its lust and I think it was just because of the jerseys if you don't have something so appalling to look at I don't think anyone's complaining about this past weekend
1: yeah I, I agree with you hundred percent I think if you and and if anything when you want want like another novelty jersey that someone's going to buy. Like
0: it, if the jerseys people are going to buy jerseys all the time,
1: it's like the old adage of why teams put out alternate jerseys. It's because it's not because they want their, their guys to look good or anything. It's just so they can make another cheap buck on fans. But, um, but th- that's another Jersey they c- they can sell for two or three weeks and people are going to be like, Oh, that was really cool. I really liked Josh Bell's nickname, JB. I think that's really cool. I'll go buy another $100 jersey, but I'm not buying an all-white jersey that I can't read anything on.
0: Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, even the, the lettering on the back was hard to read with, with how much, especially the white jersey. I I, I want to give some credit to the black jerseys because you can you can do a lot more with those. Um, it gives you more you know, creative freedom to really show off some of the designs as opposed to the, the white jerseys. So right, I, I I
1: agree with you 100. percent I think I I I like the like I said the, the idea last year where they kind of made it kind of like the Little League World Series jerseys where like they kind of put their own spin on the MLB jerseys. I thought was pretty cool, but um, yeah, I I I think if you do it that way, fans are a little bit more intrigued, and you're like, oh, this is really cool and whatever. So,
0: um, I mean. Let's. I want to ask you this before we move on. The jerseys that the Cubs and the Pirates wore in the Little League Classic should that have been the design for every team and players' weekend?
1: Absolutely, I, I agree with there you one hundred percent. That's that's the design I would have went with. And like I said, you could get a couple free cheap sales in uh in the jersey department and make some more money all around for everybody.
0: It's weird how much you're agreeing with me. So I don't like this anymore.
1: Yeah, let's let's move on.
0: Uh, all right. What is next on the docket?
1: All right, Dave. So since we're, we have such a light week with both baseball and hockey has just been non-existent for the last three weeks, um, I got a question for you. There are a few teams that are still finding their place in the nationally wildcard race um, from the Chicago Cubs the Philadelphia Phillies, the Milwaukee Brewers, New York Mets, the San Francisco Giants, and the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're all separated by four and a half games total. Um, well, not total, but uh, Arizona is the, the last team that I mentioned. They're four and a half out of the last spot in the wild card. Um, out of all those teams that I just listed there, who do you have most likely uh, coming out of that last wild card spot?
0: So you're, are we saying that Washington's pretty much in then, or yeah, wa-
1: Washington, Washington, who currently holds a four-game lead on their top wild card spot above the Cubs right now. Okay. Um, they're we're we're gonna put them in ink for now. For now, for now,
0: might have to get some white out later. No, nah, I think the Nationals should be fine, especially the way they are playing. Um, I would say, I mean. <laughs> For as much as we were bashing them, I think the Phillies are doing a good enough job of staying alive and have all of their rights to over overpass the Cubs, who really can't get it done a lot on offense and are still having bullpen pr- tr- troubles. But almost every team's having bullpen problems this season. The Phillies and Cubs are practically the same team, but I think overall the Phillies can find a way to to bring it back. 'Cause I mean if you have three more games against the Marlins, that's great. You have four more games against the Pirates, which, like I said, that should be enough to get some wins there. Like let's you could put you could potentially put them up for six, but not the way they're playing against the Marlins. Um I, I would say either between the Phillies and the Brewers because I think the Brewers just haven't been able to find the the magic that they had last year, and for Christian Yellish and, and company to still be in that position to overtake it at any point. Uh, Josh Hader's had a had an off year, but like I said, all bullpens have had an off year this year. Um, I would say in between the Phillies and Brewers, but if you wanted me to pick a team right now, I'd say i go with the Phillies just because I, I, I just think they are overall the better roster and the better team, but they still haven't been able to put it all together. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to say they're going to run away with that number two spot, but it's going to come down to the wire.
1: Interesting. I'm going to piggyback off you, and I'm going to take the Milwaukee Brewers. I think this lineup has so much more to want. Um, I think their pitching can be good enough to get them down the stretch. Um, they're going to need some immediate results, though. I mean, they got a three-game set with the Cardinals coming up. Then they go to Chicago, uh, a quick series with, uh, Houston next week as well and then they have the Cubs for for four game set and then they got the Marlins I mean they they have the opportunity to control their own destiny it's where they they're willing to uh to go out and and take advantage of the opportunity that they have um it's a very favorable schedule like I said you have the two series with the Cubs you have two series with the Cardinals um you have the Padres coming, coming into town. And then you have the Pirates again coming into your home ballpark, which traditionally the Pirates struggle in Miller Park. Um, the opportunity is there for the taking from the Milwaukee Brewers. I think they have one of the better schedules down the stretch uh, to favor them. So um, that's going to be my pick. And I honestly wouldn't even be shocked if they're able to, to do what they do need to do and take care of business. I wouldn't be shocked if they even win the National League Central. Um, just for how close that division is, and it seems like nobody's able to really pull away from it.
0: Yeah, and I know we we didn't even want to, we didn't even bring up the question of, you know, could these teams also possibly win their division? We're just talking about that last wild card spot. But, yeah, I mean, you have a three-way race for the NL Central between the Cardinals, Cubs, and Brewers, who any one of those teams can win the division this year. I mean, right now... Uh, what was it? The Cardinals are at seventy-one and fifty-eight. They have a two-game, two and a half-game lead on the Cubs, and had a had another game and a half on on that, or two games on that on the Brewers. Right now, the Cardinals all, have been in a good position. They've won. They've won eight and two in their last ten. But yeah, I mean, if, even if the Cubs don't make the the wild card spot, they're still in it for that division. Um, They're in that, they're in number two spot right now, game and a half over the Phillies. But I still think for some reason, Philadelphia not making the playoffs doesn't make sense to me this year. And that's why I'm more or less using that as a gut pick rather than uh, a logical pick.
1: I just have a tough time taking Philadelphia because they, they've just been disappointing for, the better part of the year. And I just don't see where the switch is going to get a flip and they're going to be any better.
0: I, I understand that. So, um, I, but I would say Washington has a chance to flirt with the division, but I still think it's all, it's all Braves. I'm still going to ask you that question at the end of the, at the some point in this show, will the Braves win the division? But uh, well, I'll just ask you now, are the Braves going to win the division?
1: I think so, and I think with the last stretch that that the last two weeks have been in which the Braves are 8-2 and two in their last 10, but you know who else went 8-2 and two in their last 10 are the Washington Nationals. And I think in, in the great stretch that the Nationals have had, I think they only gained like a half game on the Braves. So like, and I, I think it was Tom Blavin on the Braves broadcast yesterday, um, he was talking about how, when you start getting into July and August, you talk about getting, okay, let's get, let's get on a streak here. Let's get on a streak when you're, when you're trailing in the division or a playoff spot. But, you know, that's all well and good getting on a streak. But you also need a little bit of luck from the team you're chasing to go on a losing streak. So um, I just don't see this Atlanta team collapsing. Um, they, they had a tough game today. You know, they had to fly from, from New York all the way to Colorado just to fly back to Toronto for a makeup game. Um so I just don't see them collapsing. I, I think the bullpen's in better hands. I don't think it's a sure thing, but like you said, the uh the bullpen's have been uh struggling all year league wide. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Atlanta's gonna lock this up and um they're gonna win the division.
0: Okay. All right. So um like I said, I think Washington can can flirt with it. I know both of them have been eight and two in the last ten. Atlanta's won. Eight in a row until the the game against the Rockies that just finished up recently. So yeah, but put me down for the Phillies for that second wild card spot for now. Like I said, gut pick it doesn't make sense that they don't make the playoffs though. Um, good with them. You got the Brewers in that second wild card spot. Um, uh, just for just for funsies, let's go ahead. Let's go look at the A.L. wild card because there's three teams in it and two. I mean, we'll say in it. With Boston being six games out, it's going to take a hell of a run for them to really be considered in it. Um, so you got Cleveland, a half game uh, over top right now of the Rays, 76 and 55, 76 and 56. And then the Oakland A's right behind at a half game as well. So realistically, one game separating all three teams. Who is the team that is left out, Jeff? I think.
1: Man, I, I want to say Oakland's gonna get in, but because, because they were pretty impressive against the uh, against the Yankees last weekend. Um, I I just I, I like Cleveland a lot, and I like Tampa Bay a lot, especially with getting Blake Snell supposedly coming back in September, um, as they're hoping at least they haven't they haven't gotten an actual date yet. But um, I, I I like uh, Tampa Bay and Cleveland. Charlie Morton having a great year too that um a lot of people have kind of overlooked with how good Blake Snell is so um I got Cleveland and Tampa Bay being the uh, the two wild card teams
0: Yeah it like this is a a very 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 tough pick right here looking at the strength of schedule uh ahead the Tampa Bay Rays have the hardest of the three teams uh well including themselves with the Indians and the, the A's have the second easiest record going into the rest of the year, and that's why I think they, they can get themselves in that number two spot. It's just hard for me to differentiate or to pick between the Indians and Rays. But I think right now I'd have to pick the Rays because of injuries all year. I mean, you have Ty- imagine Tyler Glass now being in that rotation all season long. Like They could be right up there uh, with the Yankees competing for that division. Um, so it's just a shame that what they've had to go through and basically steady the ship to get that number two position, possibly number one, because it's only a half-game difference. But I think with everything that's happened to them, I think it's just going to not really fall apart. It's just going to be out of grasp for the Rays. So I think the the A's find their way up there, and the Indians still secure a spot and as a wild-card team. So I think the Rays are going to be the team out
1: Okay, I thought it was interesting, too, by the way, that uh, both of us passed on the Mets, who everybody was jumping on their bandwagon. And, I mean, there's still two games out of the wild card, so they're, they're very much in it in the National League. I know I'm kind of going backwards on it, but um, I just thought that was really interesting. Nobody took them, and it seems like we both have written off the San Francisco Giants as well.
0: Yeah, but it, when you were only that many games back and but yet you have three teams in front of you it almost seems like an impossible mountain to climb over because you have so many other teams that have to lose as well so right now i mean you got san francisco and arizona playing each other tonight and start a series against each other one of these teams could you could use the finger quotations and say they're they might be out after this series so uh, it's not that I'm overlooking them because I still think that the Giants have not had a reliable lineup all season long. But their pitching has basically kind of held them in there. Uh, Will Smith has been incredible. Mad Bum will always be Mad Bum. And the Mets, I mean, they had that hot stretch. They're six and four in the last 10, but getting swept by the Braves, I don't care how good the Braves are when you're competing for that playoff spot. You need at least one win. You can't find yourself losing an entire series to whatever team that you're playing if you're looking to compete for that last spot so that's what I got
1: yeah i think what hurts the mets and a lot of people's confidence with the mets is that uh yeah they went what they go 1 and 5 against the Braves in 6 games in the last 2 weeks so i mean that when the tables and chips or when the chips are on the table while wow, we to talk jeff um when the chips are on the table they just didn't show up and, I exactly. mean, they had a couple of heartbreaking losses. I mean, um, the game Friday night with DeGrom and fulton pitching was a pitcher's duel, and it was lost in the 14th. But, I mean, you just have to – that's a game you have to win. And that's a series you have to have. And to get swept in your home ballpark over it, that's how you kind of – people kind of lose faith in you.
0: Right. And we're also going probably going to even see more separation. The Cubs are in uh, New York to play a series. So we, we we got some teams playing each other while in the while in the playoff mix. The Brewers play the Cardinals. By next week, we could have a whole different look at who's where. So let's keep an eye out on that. We'll we'll jump on that. Well, actually, not next week. It's Labor Day next week. So two weeks. Yeah, that's
1: now. yeah, that's a spoiler for the uh, for the end of the show. That you know we're not going to have a show next week.
0: Well, I mean, you can't always. You can't always tease forever. So. <laughs> All right. So, I, think we're, I think we're done with the wild card picks, Jeff. Do we have anything else? Yeah,
1: we got one more. We're going to do a little bit of a fun one here uh, to close out the show. Uh, Dave, my question for you is, who do you like for the Cy Young in both the American League and National League? Um, I think I I think the National League is going to be and Ryu's. Uh, Cy Young to lose at this point, but I think he's pretty much got that locked up. And as far as the American League side, um, I don't know. Pick a guy from Houston, and you're probably going to win. Zach Greinke. Right, right.
0: All right, but let's let's slow it down here for a little bit. You basically gave some of the most uh, – how do I want to say it? Some of the most – I'll just say boring answers to this pick by just throwing out names out there and not even backing it up with any numbers. So let me try to take it back from here. And you said it's locked up by Ryu, who I kind of would have agreed with that a month and a half ago. He was, I think, below 1.5 on the ERA and just was smooth. He wasn't mowing people down, but he was smooth in throwing um, unhittable pitches. And even if the bat made contact, he was just getting people to get into weak outs by high fly balls, uh, slow ground balls, just throw it, anything in there, and he was making it look good. Scherzer had a little stint on the IL. He's 9-5 and five on the season, but record can almost be thrown out at this point. 2.41 ERA tied with your boy Mike Soroka for ERA. Uh, He's pitched 138 in the third innings. He's also struck out 192 batters, uh, has only walked 26. His His opposing average is a 216. So with that many innings and only having an opposing average of 216, I think is incredible. He's been able to prevent the long ball, which has been a problem for a lot of pitchers, at 11 home runs this year. And my favorite stat for a pitcher, Whip, the walks, hits, walks and hits allowed per inning is a nice smooth, even one uh, of the 40 runs he's given up 37, 37 of them are earned and just over a hint of a hundred hits given up this, this season, I think Scherzer's showing how being dominant almost in every single game Yet, you don't really get the love and support from your team when it comes to the bats early on in the early uh this year. The Nationals are killing it right now with their bats. But I, I think Scherzer is also in this mix with Ryu. And if you want to, you could even throw your boy Soroka in there. Um, doesn't really get the strikeouts and walks a little bit more than he should. But he's he's been able to prevent the long ball better than almost anyone. Eight home runs given up this entire year so I don't think it's Ryu's locked up I still think it's it's a race in there between Scherzer and Ryu and you can throw in a couple other names as well but those are the top two dogs and I got Scherzer winning this one for now uh we'll see how they do the rest of the stretch, but I think Scherzer's showing how dominant he is and didn't really get the love earlier this year
1: so, just to just to make sure I recap correctly here, uh, what did you say your favorite set was to for pitchers as far as sign-on category and all that stuff? Whip. Okay. Uh, and Max Scherzer's an even one, correct?
0: Yeah, I know where you're going with this.
1: Okay. Hinjun Ryu is a .98, which is better than Max Scherzer. So, just saying that. And uh, the only person better than him to no longer plays in the National League National League anymore is Zach Greinke's a .95. So... Um, mm-hmm. I still think it's reuse, um, reuse award to lose at this point. Um, but I agree with you. We talked before the show that Munch Soroka arguably is going to get hosed out of any, any player out of any, uh, awards this year. Um, the Cy Young and the Rookie of the Year, he's been absolutely fantastic for the Braves. Um, like you said, he's able to avoid the long ball with his, with his sinker and he's, his location has been fantastic all year, but, um, I think Ryu just being in L.A. and, um, you know, the, his numbers are absolutely there. I mean, it's not like he has a ton of wins and he's given up three runs a game. You know, he's 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 right there with everybody else in terms of the the extra stats as well, like whip and batting average against and everything. So um, I still think it's Ryu's uh, Ryu's award to lose. Uh, hop over, over to the American League side. What do you got?
0: Right. uh, I know you were mentioning it could be just pick any pitcher on Houston right now. I mean, hell, Wade Miley's could be in the mix for this, but I'm not going to have him in there. I, I look at this as only a three-team race right now between Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and Charlie Morton. Um, All, all these guys basically having stellar years, but I would even say put it between Verlander and Cole, and I'd say give it to Justin Verlander. I mean, Garrett Cole has been has been big dogging it out there recently 163 and two third innings pitched. dude struck out 238 batters. Um, Justin Verlander with 15 more innings pitched has only struck out one more batter than Garrett Cole. But look at the opposing batting average at Jeff. It's a one seventy-two. His average is, uh, is less than the innings pitched than he's, uh, um, this year his whip Jeff I love the whip it's a point let me make sure I read this correctly it's a point eight one dude has given up 110 hits and 34 walks this season the only thing that you can knock him on are the home runs about one quarter of the hits that he gives up are home runs at 33 so that's the only knock I think Justin Verlander has on him but I think this is Verlander's award to lose at this point
1: yeah, I mean, I want to make a case. I mean, Domingo Germán for the Yankees. I was going to give him a a, a case because I've seen his name pop up in a lot of these leaderboards. Leads the wins. His ERA is a little bit high, but he strikes out a ton of people. Um, you know, I I really wanted to get get him in here, and it's it's Verlander. It's Verlander or or Cole. And I, I, I think you can go with either one. Both of them, like you said, batting average against, both of them are under two. Um, Garrett Cole's ERA is uh, just a couple points above Justin Verlander. They're both there with wins. The strikeouts, they're pretty much neck and neck. So I, I just think it's any guy from Houston. You want to pick one of those two, go ahead. Um and oh by the way they have Zach Ranky sitting in their third spot as well too along with Wade Miley so um I I, I like I said pick a guy in Houston you're probably going to get your money back in some way, shape or form so um I th- I just don't even know what to say about it anymore because it's pretty much locked up it's going to Houston Texas
0: so I got Justin Verlander um just for a Throw out a name. You can agree with me or go with Cole. I don't care.
1: I'll I'll go with Garrett Cole. Um, just, I I mean I I think the only thing that gives Verlander the absolute like better, um, better chances is that whip is just unbelievable. To be really? less than a walk or a hit per inning is is absurd.
0: Yeah, but to almost have uh, what was it? Like I'm trying to think of the math. Like a four giving up 4 fifths of a base runner per inning is ridiculous.
1: No, <laughs> no, think about this too. Like this is the the old adage and uh, and I'm going to bring up Tom Glavin again because again, I, I I watch Braves games all the time, but it's funny how the, he he always says that, you know, if you're going to give up a home run, make sure it's so it's a solo home run, you know, cuz they they won't kill you. They're just another day day at the office. Um what Verlander does give up the most home runs in baseball. I'm curious on this, and I'm going to challenge our listeners to, to uh, come up with this stat, and you can tweet me at underscore uh, J, J 51 Wow, nearly forgot my Twitter handle. Um, uh-huh. How many of these 33 home runs that he's given up this year, how many of those are solo shots? I, I'm willing to bet that's like a 90% clip that he only gives up solo home runs.
0: I mean, at 90%, you're looking at 30 of them. Um being home runs roughly. So I'm going to guess more like a, like a 70, I think. But with over... that,
1: where that whip's at though, buddy, like, holy cow.
0: Right. Right. Cause that's,
1: um, that's account that, that whip's also accounting for the home run that is hit.
0: I, I, I know. I understand that. I still, I still think it's, um, I'll, I'll just say unheralded that if he were to, um, uh, give up that many solo, solo shots, um, you're like, you're, there's going to be innings where he gives up more than just, um, one base runner and also be the home run inning. So that's where I couldn't even talk there either. I think that's where that could play an effect as well. I'm going to guess around like 67 ish. So just a, maybe a hint over 20. So whatever that percentage is of 33. Um, but yeah, that's what I got for your, your little question there. I don't have the answer, just a guess.
1: So, all right. Does that wrap us up here for Saya? I,
0: I know. I, I, would, I would think so. Um, that's basically what I wanted to get into because I think there's races in in each league, and that's what I at least like to like to discuss. Whenever it's just a one man show, I think it it just gets boring. It's amazing sometimes to see what the, uh these players can do, but I don't know. Seeing these races, you could even throw in an argument for Charlie Morton, but I it's just amazing to see what Houston's doing this year with pitching and seeing the emergence of what Ryu has always been known to be. And now he's finally living up to that expectation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, to to have that argument too, I mean, um, you know, Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander are arguably having the best one, two punch season for two pitchers on, on the same staff that we've seen in a long, long time. So um, I, I think the argument's there. And, is it, it? I wonder if down in Houston they're having the, the equivalent of the Fleury-Murray argument down there. Is it Verlander or is it Cole?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're getting at with that reference, but um, I don't know. It, it's got to be fun to be a Houston Astros fan right now.
1: Absolutely, because you're, you're cruising at this point, right? You're just waiting to face the Yankees and the, the ALCS?
0: Win that first series first, bud. That's all yeah, I will say.
1: That's true. That is true.
0: Yeah, I, I know the Tampa Bay Lightning got ousted. <laughs> first round sweep. So,
1: is that it? Yep, that's it. Let's move on to MVP, and you're up.
0: Oh, I'm up? Yes. Oh, I thought I went first last week. You did not. Go ahead. Oh, all right, all right. Easy there. Um, I think I'm going to give mine to an organization, um, and this is also going to be an affiliate of an org an organization, um, I had the pleasure of attending a Hagerstown Suns doubleheader, and what the
1: hell league does that team play in?
0: They are in the South Atlantic League, Jeff, oh, uh, okay. with the West Virginia Power. With the they played the Delmarva Shorebirds. Um, the Greensboro Grasshoppers are in that league as well. The Pirates affiliate they were with the West Virginia Power, but then they moved over to Greensboro. Anyway, the Hagerstown Suns. Who were hosting the Delmarva Shorebirds? So both of these teams are in the same state of Maryland, and Delmarva comes to visit. They are the affiliate with the Orioles. So then you also have Baltimore and Washington Nationals, the affiliate with the Suns, playing against each other. And not only that, you have the number one overall pick of of this year's draft, Adley Rushman, uh, making his appearance in in the ballpark against. Hagerstown and although he didn't live up to expectation I don't think he got a hit in either game of the doubleheader he had a rough time he also dropped a foul ball but not looking to focus on that but just you know being at the national being at the minor league ballpark uh got I got myself a sweet hat there Uh, I was really excited about that and seeing just the uh the old authentic municipal stadium that they have there where it's, the stadium's been there since 1930 so it's a, it's basically a relic at this point and to see like the old school grandstands and stuff like that it, it's it's a pretty fun atmosphere uh like i would say almost any ballpark has a fun atmosphere so it's not really that much of a compliment if you think about it but i think the hagerstown Suns are are my mvp of the week just because of how they treated me this weekend
1: all right. All right. So you guys have a shout out to an organization. Uh, I'm going to be an angry old man again this week. Oh my God. Um, my least valuable player for the week is YouTube TV baseball broadcasts. Um, The Braves and the Rockies had a, had a game this week. I don't even, I know why it was the game of the week because the Braves probably didn't want to send their whole crew out to Colorado just to fly all the way out to Toronto for one game. Um, but so I was at work today, and you know, hopefully my boss doesn't listen to this, which I know he probably doesn't. Um, I, I, I'm I'm at work, and I I put the game on, and the broad the broadcast team of some guy that's got the broadcast experience of you and me and Matt Diaz is like the most unentertaining broadcast team I've I've ever dealt with. They had like. A couple interviews with uh, Brian Snicker and the manager of the Rockies. His name's um, Bud Black, right? Yeah. It, right? Okay. Um, like, the interviews, like, they didn't really ask anything. They lasted about 45 seconds. Um, the replays just weren't good. Like, I I, I get what MLB is trying to do, get into the YouTube TV thing, and they probably have a deal with them that they. this is why they do this, but... Um, nothing is worse than watching a broadcast on YouTube like that. So um, MLB, get it together, clean it up, put some money into it, uh, make it better. Make me want to watch games on, on your YouTube feed because, honestly, I was kind of missing Chip Carey and Jeff Franco and Tom Blavin. Yeah, yeah, I really appreciate those guys after watching that broadcast today. And uh, I don't know if you've ever seen those heckle videos of um, the guy yelling at Matt Diaz when he played for the Braves you ever seen those i don't think so i think it was like a mets fan or something but he's just yelling at him for like three full innings of how bad matt diaz sucks and you know what buddy i'm right there with you hey diaz you suck
0: (laughs) all right i think did you get it all off your chest there you ready to you know ease it up a little bit
1: yeah i'm ready to watch fox sports south tomorrow when the braves take on the uh, blue jays
0: okay you're not you're not going to be watching uh my, or are you gonna be watching my pirates tonight?
1: Yeah, I might put it on just to see what they do. There's a good chance I might put on uh, some professional wrestling. I don't know yet.
0: All right, all right. There you go. Sounds like you got a a great evening planned out.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, what do you got going on tonight?
0: Um, probably the same thing. Watch my pirates lose, and you no, know, eat some and dinner. And then you're gonna
1: put on professional wrestling.
0: We'll see. We'll see. It's never. You're it's not never, gonna it's, do it never really been my cup of tea i understand why people love it. it's just not for me
1: yeah uh, flashback I, I know we're we're just extending the show at this point because we're
0: just <laughs> bsing now
1: but do you remember when I, I i think it was wrestlemania 31 where i had to like pull your teeth out of your mouth just to get get you to let me talk about wrestlemania on our radio show in school yeah
0: you yeah, like definitely. you like
1: left the studio and let, let our third guy on our show just so, just so i had somebody to talk about it
0: I've seen great radio people let two other people talk about a segment while they walk out of the room, and I was just trying to aspire to be like them.
1: Yeah, and I, I was like, Jay, for the love of God, can I just talk about WrestleMania for five minutes and we'll go to a music break?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, the good old times. So Good old Jeff, days,
1: good old days.
0: Jeff, I think that'll do it for us. Uh, I think so. Here. And like I said earlier, uh, Labor Day is next weekend, so no show. We'll post about that next weekend, but... As always, you know, like us on Facebook, Icy Takes with Jesse Ooh, and Big Dave. Before, what, before, what?
1: before we wrap up, what are you doing for Labor Day? Anything fun? Uh,
0: I, I think I might be in Pittsburgh on Saturday. I might be in Greensburg on Sunday. And I don't know about oh. Labor Day yet.
1: Oh, nice, nice, nice. I'm heading out to Denver, Colorado.
0: Oh, my goodness. Look at you.
1: Yeah, traveling. So um, if you guys follow me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, check it out. I'll be posting some pictures um, if you want to see what Denver's like. Taking in the Pirate game on Saturday, so two games in two weeks, seeing the Pirates for uh, for J.C., seeing terrible baseball two weeks in a row. And, uh, yeah, should be a fun
0: trip. Hey, they put up 14. Remember that on Saturday.
1: They did, so they got to put up 28 and on uh, next Saturday or this yeah, Saturday, yeah. I guess.
0: I, I, I believe it. I believe it. They're not going to, but I believe they need to. So They do, but, yeah. So yeah, like us on Facebook, uh, Icy Takes with Jeff and Big Dave. Follow us on Twitter at Icy Takes, I-C-E-Y Takes, all together one word. Follow the personal Twitters at Big underscore Dave 52.
1: At J. Christen underscore 51.
0: Also, there's that donation button in anchor.fm that you can uh, donate to us and keep the upkeep of the show going on here. I know any donation is appreciative for us. We'll give you a shout-out and... Uh, if we ever start making gear, we'll get you some of that for free as well. Uh, wink, wink. So uh, yeah, uh, listen to us on Anchor FM, on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify. Uh, I think Stitcher as well. So, you now, when if you're listening to us, pass the word along. You got anything, Jeff?
1: No, I think that's it. Everybody, enjoy your Labor Day weekend. Um, you know, hopefully, with next time we we talk. As a group together, we have some hockey talk to talk about because uh, baseball's getting boring until October at this point.
0: Yeah, no, I, it, it's a little boring. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. So um, until then, he's Jeff. I'm Dave. I hope we're better two weeks from now. Um, but until then, stay icy, people. Take care, guys.